The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. If we were a two-person band... If we were a two-person band, we would say the band is back together. We're sort of some days a two-person band. Matthew Barry, alongside me, Field Yates. Hello and welcome back as you get your earpiece Thanks. sent into the IFB cord. Good to have you back, Matthew. Um, certainly uh, glad to have you back. It's Tuesday. It is the busiest draft week of the year. I'm sure yes. you've got plenty of drafts this week yourself. I know I a lot do. of people are chomping at the bit for their opportunity to make their first selections, Daniel. I really want to know who your favorite two-person band is. Do you know any good two-person bands? Uh, my a favorite lot. two-person band. Do you have someone that comes to mind? I was thinking of duos like just in general, like Harold and Kumar would be one, right? Like, okay, uh, not a band, but no, I, I, I appreciate I said, it. I said duos. I said fictional. not generals. Sure. I said, I said not bands. I said just duos in general, right? That's fair. Like, they're funny, you know? I think my favorite two-person band is either Fantagram. I don't know if you ever heard right. of them. Yeah, or definitely not. The White Stripes. White Stripes. There are only two. There are only two of them in that yep. band, huh? Yeah. Sonny and Cher. There you go, bad, Matthew. Right? You know Sonny and Cher, right? Yeah, they're <laughs> high school do. together. Yeah. I would say Tenacious D. Oh, I am low key super proud of you right now, Matthew. Love the D. Long live the D. Okay, but what are you doing? Dang it! I didn't hit the button. Oh, it's yeah. fine. It's anyway, a problem. no, I, I, uh, when I back when I lived in LA, I used to see Tenacious D at Largo, which was a small little club. All the time before they blew up, before Jack Black became a thing, like, and now they're you know phenomenon the whole thing. But it was hilarious because there's these like I bet two Jack. over these two overweight guys in t-shirts and shorts coming out before like I don't know eighty people at this club in in like Midtown L.A. And anyway, they're they're amazing. So I mean, I've you know seen them for you know twenty some odd years. Anyway, long live the D. Rewind. Fantasy news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. So, Matthew, huge uh, news over the weekend. We did. Yeah. I emptied the barrel a little bit yesterday on Andrew Luck and also Lamar Miller. Certainly starting with Andrew Luck, but I want to give you the opportunity to discuss your thoughts on Andrew Luck and what his retirement means in the world of fantasy football. Let's start there. Andrew Luck, your reaction, your surprise. Uh, your overall sentiments towards Shocked. His- so I was overseas at a wedding when the news broke. I don't think you were overseas. I was in and out of the country. I was out of the country. Okay. I suppose that's correct. Yeah, technically was, speaking. Uh, technically, I mean, fine. If you want to be technical, <laughs> you're right. I Sorry. was not overseas. I was out of the, but I was in a different country. Right. Uh, at any rate, and so, you know, it was crazy town. Got the alert. Thank you, Fantasy Life app. Got a, uh, got the alert there. And they were first with the news. And I think Schefter was. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The, so no, I'm Schefter broke to. it. They were first to alert me. So if you don't follow, if you weren't getting alerts from Schefter on Twitter. Right. Yes. But 100%, we just say that real quickly. Adam Schefter broke the news. It is, I'd be curious. I haven't had a chance to talk to Schefter yet. I wonder if it is the biggest news break of his career. Because well, I think it's up there. I, in terms of how you quantify that, it's probably a little bit subjective, right? In terms of like retweets and likes, I think, I think I've seen this somewhere, someone has tabulated that is the largest news break of his career. I would say in terms of spectrum, I've listened to Adam's podcast, which you can find, of course, on iTunes or anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he has said basically that it drew reaction unlike any other story that he has ever reported on in his career. I saw that. And I also thought, by the way, so it's a great story. Like Adam breaks this incredible story that comes out of nowhere that no one saw coming. And uh, and then I see other reporters in the media in- industry not credit Schefter. 
just say yes per source you know adam chef uh adam uh, andrew luck is retiring and i'm like is your source shefty's twitter feed are you, are you surprised uh no disappointed right. not surprised but right. disappointed but whatever so anyway kudos to shefty and yes and that the the first person to the first person or entity to amplify shefty's report was the fantasy life app all right i'll so say that the fantasy but, yes great the fantasy news so first off just salute to andrew luck to right. having the the guts to do a make a decision that was right for him but that took a lot of people by surprise and drew some criticism not in all in any way shape or form am i comparing myself to andrew luck but I will say that when I was 35 years old and decided to give up show business, which was a very lucrative career that I'd worked a long time my entire life to get into and said, you know what, I just want to try to make a living at fake football, believe it or not, you know, at, and at a time when it wasn't possible really to make a living. And a lot of people were like, really? But I'm like, this is what I want to do for my life. So I I understand at least a, a small portion of the, you know, the emotions that he went through. And so anyway, I can appreciate basically what Andrew Luck is going through and Hats off to him, and can't believe anyone that would criticize him. To me, the only piece that you can criticize him about is the timing. You know what I mean? And I think I don't think it was calculated, right? In any event, that's fine. I think it's probably another conversation for another time. In terms of fantasy football, though, like I, I don't want to pontificate on whether Andrew right. Luck should well, or should not have. There's no August. fantasy value to Andrew Luck, right? So I mean, I guess I mean what it I means mean, so for the, Ty Hilton and the fallout there for the other players on the Colts okay. offense that are impacted All right. by Andrew. So that Luck is a decision. different question. Okay. So, um, cause the question was about Andrew Luck. So, all right. So the question's about what is it, what does Andrew Luck's retirement mean for the fantasy value of the remaining Colts? Yes. Okay. So first off, I have a bit of a controversial take here, which is, I don't think Jacoby Brissett's going to be that bad. I've seen mo- a lot of other fantasy analysts, and I didn't get a chance to listen to your analysis here, Field, but I think I've seen a lot of people sort of dump on Jacoby Brissett and just basically say, like, oh, the sky is falling, and should they just tank for Tua, and should they just, you know, they've got some expiring contracts, should they deal like Doyle and Ebron and Hilton's a free agent in 2020 and just, like, empty the vault and, like, just, you know, try to try to tank for Tua. Right. That's not happening. That's not happening. And, by the way, I think Jacoby Brissett is pretty good. Is he Andrew Luck? No, of course he's not. Right. But as far as backups in the NFL go, I think he's at the higher end here. And I, I know a lot of people want to quote 2017. I think the Colts are a completely different team, franchise, and offense than they were in 2017. Understand that Jacoby Brissett was started that year as a New England Patriot. And then, you know, immediately gets traded like, I want to say week three or something like Labor that. Labor Day weekend, Saturday. I mean, yeah. right. So my so best it, friend's at, wedding when that happened. So, right. So, I mean, like... At, at, at 2017, Jacoby Brissett wasn't even on the, on the Colts at the, you know, at this time back in 2017. So he's learning on the fly. And candidly, I think Frank Reich, a much better head coach and a much better play caller than what the Colts had in 2017. They have a much better offensive line. They have better skill position players around her. And by the way, Jacoby Brissett has been in that offense now for two weeks, uh, for two years. So this is all in line. Yeah, I'd agree with all of this so, here. So, but. To Jacoby Brissett yes, point, like you're still you don't view him as a draftable commodity right now, right? So I, I have think, him as QB twenty five. Okay, so, so I've got I, him at quarterback twenty six. It's a two quarterback league option only. But I think maybe what people are wondering about is all right, T. Y. Hilton, did he slide down your rankings yesterday? Did Marlon Mack maybe even move up your rankings no. if you buy into the idea of running so, the football more? Yeah. So so this is where they each went. So anyway, I I actually so I like Jacoby Brissett like in a deep two quarterback league or as a guy that sort of look and to sort of look at an interesting, I own, I have Jacoby Brissett in a dynasty league, which I'm very excited about, which I, sure, I drafted him actually. Yeah, for sure. Well, because I thought he was going to be, I, I thought there was a chance he would be a starting quarterback next year for another NFL team, not thinking Luck was going to retire, but I knew he's a free agent at the end of this year. Sure. And I, I sort of liked his skill set. Okay. 
in terms of T.Y. Hilton, moving him down to wide receiver at 17. Remember in 2017, uh, when he played with him, he had a 23% target share from uh, from Jacoby Brissett. Uh, actually averaged more air yards per target with Brissett than he has with Luck in his career. T.Y. Hilton is still going to be the focal point of this passing offense. He's still an insanely talented player. It's still going to be a pass-first offense, I believe. T.Y. Hilton saw 130 targets from Andrew Luck. If you extend Jacoby Brissett's career numbers with T.Y. Hilton over 16 games and give him 130 targets, it's all loosey-goosey math here. But that would be 71 receptions, almost 1,200 yards, five touchdowns. Basically, wide receiver 17 last year, which is end up where he, it's not how I came up with wide receiver 17, but where I came up with. Because again, again, you're talking about somebody who's going to get a massive target share and is insanely talented with a passable quarterback. Not a great quarterback, but not a, you know, a downgrade from Andrew Luck, but not a massive downgrade. So I have, still have him as a low end QB wide receiver too. How about Marlon Mack? Any thoughts there in terms of what it means for his value, if anything at all? Yeah, you know, and I kept him about the same. Maybe you drop him a few spots. And, you know, listen, the concern, of course, is that, that they're not as good a team, an NFL team, with Jacoby Brissett under center. As a result, they start losing more, and do they start going to the passing down back in Naheem Hines a little bit more? I will say they started to use Marlon Mack a little bit more in the passing game towards the end of last year, in the playoffs, um, and looking at sort of the snaps in the preseason, Marlon Mack well out-snapping uh, Naheem Hines when Jacoby Brissett was under center. And, and I think you could, so my feeling here is, is that the offense is a little bit less efficient. So there's probably less scoring opportunities for Marlon Mack, but they probably lean on him a little bit more given the offensive line and given, you know, Jacoby Brissett is not Andrew Luck. So I have him as a very low end RB2, high end flex right there in that. Right now we have him at running back 19. You have him at 20, so we're right there sort of in the same area. Yeah, pretty much in line again with where I was yesterday. I did bump Hines up a little bit, Matthew. I got some pushback yesterday when we passed along a note about how much more Naheem Hines played when the Colts were trailing last year versus Marlon Mack, and some of it was, well, look at the end-of-season usage. It was 10 catches last year for Marlon Mack. Yeah. More involved in the passing game still was not a passing game threat, and I know people said, look at the look at the preseason usage. Are the Colts that concerned about converting no. a third and six in the preseason? No, they so certainly clearly they, one as a much better pass catching back. Yes, hundred percent. It's just whether they feel like, and this always goes to the always the deal with with pass catching running backs in general. Is Marlon Mack a good enough pass catching back that you want to keep him out there so that the defense has to guess a little bit? Yes, you know he's outstanding, right? And so there's there's the idea of like that you want to, you know, that was always the issue with like Darren Sproles back in the day, right, is that if Darren Sproles came in, you knew it was a passing down. Who was the comp for him, by the right. way? Naheem Hines. Yeah. yeah, of course. So my point is is that maybe it gives the offense a little bit more versatility if Marlon Mack, he's not as good a passing down back as Naheem Hines, but he's good enough in order to keep the defense on its toes. So I think, you look, I think Naheem Hines is going to be a better NFL player than he's going to be consistent fantasy asset this year. But I understand the concern, and this is why I knocked Mac down a spot or two. But I still think he's a legit, again, lower-end RB2, high-end flex. So let's get to the other huge news from the AFC South over the weekend, which is Lamar Miller. Before we move there, though, I will say I think there's one person that is a winner here, to the extent there is, and that's Jack Doyle. Just real quickly, Jack Doyle, who's going as tight end 20 right now, and Eric Ebron's going as tight end 13, I currently have Jack Doyle tight in 12, and I have Do- I have Ebron at tight in 15. So I'm actually a 
I have Doyle higher than Ebron. Remember when Jacoby Brissett was under center, uh, Jack Doyle, 23% target share, uh, tied with Hilton for the lead with the Colts. 2017, he scored 169 fantasy points. He was tight in five on a per game basis. He was tight in seven overall that season. Like, he flourished under Jacoby Brissett. And if you look sort of to what he did in college, he also liked to target the tight end as well. We know Frank Reich's system and the Colts in general are a tight end friendly system here. So Jack Doyle, who caught over 73% of his targets from Jacoby Brissett in 2017, seems to be a, a little bit of a connection there. And I understand they didn't have Eric Ebron that time, but look at what Ebron and Doyle did when they played together. Doyle ran more routes, got more targets. The only thing that Ebron did better than Doyle was catch touchdowns. Right. And we think that's a little bit fluky. A little bit fluky, still the better red zone weapon. I'm not quite as bullish on either one of these tight ends, but it will be interesting to see whether that uh, relationship between Jack Doyle and Jacoby Brissett manifests itself again this season. But again, tight end 20, he's going, he's sure. free in draft. Sure. So I, I certainly think, at least on ESPN, so I certainly think Jack Doyle is, if you punt on the tight end position, Outside of the top 10, I like Jack Doyle this year. So Lamar Miller uh, suffered a torn ACL on Saturday. Brutal news for the Texans, who are really, really thin at running back, at least in our estimation. And that includes having recently traded for Duke Johnson. We posed the poll question yesterday. Is the Texans' leading rusher for 2019 currently on their roster? 62% of you said no. Matthew, I'll use that as jumping jumping off point to you. Lamar Miller goes down. Are you presuming that it's going to be the Duke Johnson show not just to begin the season, but for the entirety of this season in Houston? It's a great question. And my gut is no. My gut is that they sign somebody else, Same, they trade yeah. for somebody else as well, that they don't want Duke Johnson to be the guy. Because here's the other thing. Like, they they traded for Duke Johnson because they felt they needed a compliment and depth behind Lamar Miller. Right. Now they have no depth behind Duke Johnson. Right. So, you know, I mean, look, I get it. I get the argument. Duke Johnson, 526 carries for 350, 3,519 yards in college. Right. Like he was a feature back in the all time leading rusher at Miami. All yeah. time. At the U. Stefania's not here, but she would want us to say that, right? Five foot nine, 210 pounds. So I get it. But here's a guy that in the pros has never been used as a, um, as a significant ball carry. He hasn't had more than 82 carries in a season since his rookie year. He got 104 his rookie year. Right. And so he's, he hasn't been used that way, and you can say maybe the Browns misused him, but it doesn't feel like the Texans traded him to be that guy. And so that uncertainty, right? you know, that uncertainty behind, by the way, still an offensive line that we don't think is particularly Massive good. Massive question marks at the offensive line. Massive. So I have, I currently have Duke Johnson, I want to say at a running back, I want to say 27, 28. Okay. Do I have him at 28? I've got him at 27. You've got him at 28. I got him at 28. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I was doing off the top of my head. Yep. So yeah, I mean, I, so again, that's a, that's a low end RB3. Yeah. Like I feel the same way. A flex play. My takeaway yesterday was that like, if, if it was just for week one value, I think Duke Johnson will rank higher. Sure. If I did my ranks for week one right now. I think Duke Johnson will be higher than running back 27 with the roster currently constructed that way. I just can't foresee a scenario where the Texans don't add at least some running back or one of these running backs that I'm not considering on their roster right now actually is better than I am giving that player credit for right now. I like Duke Johnson. The intent of that trade, though, was, as you mentioned earlier, they traded for him to back up Lamar Miller and to be the best pass-catching back on their roster. Very interesting decisions coming up for Houston in a lot of ways over the next 10 days. I'll Jedi say this, Clowney. however. 
I'll say yes. Jadavian Clowney is, is certainly, you know, there are a lot of rumors swirling around whether Clowney is still on the Texans and feels like he won't be. And so you have That's to wonder if, too. like, if he gets dealt, does a running back, is that one of the pieces that comes back for Clowney? Obviously, you're not going to get him for just a running back, but Correct. you're going to, you're going to have to give up a, you know, back of the Brinks trunk for Jadavian Clowney, but you wonder if maybe a running back gets thrown into the mix there. Would be interesting. Um, I will say this. If the Texans don't make a running back move, if they end up going, Duke Johnson is the guy you want. Like, I don't see anyone on the roster usurping, not a word I expected to use today, that was impressive. usurping yeah. Duke Johnson as the lead running back. Like, I think the way that Duke Johnson goes back to sort of the role we imagined prior to Lamar Miller's injury is if they sign somebody that was released or they make a deal as part of like a deal for clowning. Right. Some like sort that. of trade, a waiver claim, some sort of uh, notable running back addition is the only way that Duke Johnson gets usurped. Yeah, you I went mean, overseas, the, bought a thesaurus. Very intellectual weekend for thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, there were some rumors out there that turned out, and I know you, uh, you can, you, uh, confirmed that they actually were not true, but there were some rumors out there that Jay Ajaye had signed with the Texans. You, as of the moment of, of, the, of your tweet and as we're doing this show, that is not the case. Yeah. And my read is that like, it wasn't just in that moment. It was also like, it's not going to happen. Okay. Was my read on it. Yeah. Got it. Understood. So, so, um, so we'll see. You know, there's always kind of the typical names that are swirling around and roster cuts are coming up. So we'll sort of see who yeah, gets busiest week of the transaction year in the NFL coming up and yeah. drafts in fantasy football. Also, big week for hard knocks. Matthew, tell us more about that tonight. HBO Sports, NFL Films, and the Oakland Raiders team up for an unfiltered all-access look at what it takes to make it in the National Football League on Hard Knocks, training camp with the Oakland Raiders. The new season of the groundbreaking sports reality sports, uh, should say, the new season of the groundbreaking sports reality series spotlights this historic AFC West franchise that has an intriguing mix of established veterans, highly regarded rookie hopefuls, and free agent acquisitions under head coach John Gruden. Don't miss Hard Knocks Training Camp with the Oakland Raiders. New episodes Tuesdays at 10 p.m. only on HBO. Double trouble. Double double trouble. Trouble. Double trouble. Double 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 trouble. As of this moment, they're on double secret probation. We are down to our last two days of Double Trouble. We've got just four teams left. We have really? powered through. Yeah, it feels we crazy. Have. It but does. Normally, well, I've been here for a couple of days. I've been I've been uh, out and about. Yeah, but no, that's, doing that's, stuff. Yeah. So normally we end up having to do some triple trouble days. Yeah, Today yeah, yeah. we are just going with uh, two more. We go to the Ravens and the Bengals, and maybe not a ton of players that are super interesting on both of these rosters, but the ones that are are very interesting. The Vegas win total projection for the Ravens is 8.5. They've increased their win totals each of the past three seasons. And Matthew, uh, Lamar Jackson is one of the most intriguing players in fantasy football this season. I don't want to say that he took the NFL by storm last year, but obviously mm -hmm. he had a notable finish once he replaced Joe Flacco as the starter in Baltimore. Uh, you have him as quarterback 15. I've got him as quarterback 11. His ADP right now is quarterback 15. He might be the player that garnered the most bust or breakout potential. He this has season. he has an insanely wide range of outcomes, and he might be the quarterback that I'm the most nervous about. Okay. And I mean it this way. Yep, I'm at QB 15, and I could be dead wrong. Like the most, the majority of my rankings field, yep. almost all my rankings, I'm like, you know what? I I can see a scenario where I could be wrong on this ranking or wrong here. But I'm okay with it because I've done all the analysis, I've done the research, and I feel good. Like 
my ranking is what I believe to be the most likely outcome. Not necessarily always going to be the outcome. Obviously, we can't predict the future, but I feel good in sort of the range of where I have these players, right? Lamar Jackson, no idea. So you and you have him at QB 11. I'm at QB 15. He's going as QB 15. From weeks 11 through 17, when he was a starter last year, he was QB 8. Yep. Guy was the eighth best quarterback in fantasy once he came into the league. And by the way, that was as a rookie with an offense that candidly was designed, designed for Joe Flacco. Now they have brought in Greg Roman. They have, they, they have gone into the season knowing this is the Lamar Jackson show. So they've installed plays and packages and schemes that fit his skill set that aren't necessarily what Joe Flacco does well because they're very different quarterbacks, obviously. And we hear rumors, so we know about the rushing, right? We we know we know about the rushing, at least a rushing touchdown or at least a twenty yard rush in all seven starts. Scored at least fifteen point nine uh, fantasy points in all seven starts last year. Seventeen carries Dynamic per game. As a runner. Yep. In his seven regular season starts, I mean, just insane usage. Like, just as a running, well, I don't know if we have the stat here, but like his numbers as a running back. Like, if you just just categorized him as a running back. I believe he would have been a top 20 fantasy running back during the time from week 11 on that he started. But then we're hearing reports. So we know the the rushing abilities is crazy. But then we keep hearing reports about what the Ravens want to do offensively this year. And they want to be up-tempo. They want to throw. Like, uh, you know, everyone keeps talking about, like, oh, Lamar Jackson can't throw. Lamar Jackson can throw. Does he have some accuracy issues? Of course he does. He did at Louisville. He's going to in the pros. And they're major accuracy issues, to be clear. Yes, Cam Newton is a career under 58% accuracy guy. Sure. Cam Newton has massive accuracy issues. Sure. And no, by no the question. way, Cam Newton is the second best quarterback in fantasy since he came into the NFL. So I, I, there's no question he, he has accuracy issues, and that's an area of his game that he needs to improve on. But for what we care about, fantasy stats, doesn't totally matter because if they're going to let him chuck it, they're going to let him chuck it. I have actually done a little bit of an about face with Lamar Jackson. He yeah. was. We, we do our sleepers and busts, and I'm not a huge advocate of sleepers and busts. I think that they're, they're basically no-win propositions. But <laughs> that being said... Much of what we do, by the way, in fantasy is a no-win yeah, proposition. Still, I think our career in, is basically a no-win in proposition. In a lot of ways, though, I think sleepers and busts don't really move the needle a whole lot personally for me. Yes, we sir. also do them very early on in the summer, and you know, for whatever reason, I understand why people want that. It's a easy content hook, right? Sure. Sleepers, busts, list, rankings, etc. My quarterback bust was Lamar Jackson. I was concerned, um, sort of anecdotally and statistically, because of the various accuracy issues that you just highlighted, and he consistently yeah. has. Um, I had the chance to amend that pick early on in the preseason, and I was not quite ready to do so. But as you can tell by my ranking of him at quarterback 11, yeah. I would like to amend that pick. And Obviously. The go reason for why it. I'm at you is just a reminder of how brilliant of a runner he is. He had some moments this preseason that were unlike any runner I can think of at the quarterback position. Again, since Michael Vick. Video game-esque. Video game, he is a joystick waiting to happen. Yeah. He is incredible. And it seems like the reports from those that have their eyes on the field at the practices every single day has been that he has improved as a thrower. Now, am I concerned? Yes. But as you mentioned, last year with virtually zero running uh, passing ability, he was quarterback eight for the last eight weeks, seven weeks yeah. of last season. So I'm starting to buy Lamar Jackson more and more. I think we both agree, though. Wide range of outcomes. Which Massively is wide like, range of outcomes. Like which, he has yet to complete 15 passes in an NFL game. Yep. His receiving core is a couple of rookies and Willie Sneed right. and Mark Andrews. We'll get to, you know, we'll get to the tight ends in a second, but it's an, it's extremely inexperienced. Yeah. yeah. It's an extremely inexperienced pass catching core around him. 
Having said that, I so again, I'm at 15. My concern is I am too low. Right. I, Not just rushes he gets, by the way. How about this? He had 16 goal-to-go rushes last season. 16 goal-to-go. Has that sack up? That's more than Zeke, David Johnson, or Nick Chubb. Now, I get it. Nick Chubb and David Johnson. Dave Johnson, bad year. Nick Chubb, second-half second starter. But still, more than Zeke Elliott? Zeke freaking I mean, Elliott? Yeah. Interesting year ahead for Lamar Jackson. Let's get to the pass catchers, Matthew, and it's kind of tough. Here, just to, to put a bow on, on Lamar Jackson, I will tell you this. I don't think I would want to go into an NFL season with Lamar Jackson as my only NFL starter. As my only starting quarterback. You mean in, in real football or in fantasy? In fantasy football. Okay, fantasy. Sorry. Okay, got in it. fantasy. Yep. What we're doing here. So, in, in uh, apologize if I misspoke. Yes. And so, in terms of going into a fantasy season, I would want to have Lamar Jackson plus somebody else. Okay. So, I'm, I'm, I'm currently in the middle of a slow draft, a 14 team league that I play with like Not Cool Keith and, uh, and a bunch of the other guys around here, uh, as well. I don't think you're in that league, but. I'm not, no. Um, the Bristol Bench Warmers League. Shout out to those guys. But anyway, so I'm, it's, it's a, a Thirsty Kyle's in that league and, uh, a bunch of others. Anyway, whatever. So Lamar Jackson's my quarterback in that league, but I also drafted Jameis Winston against a 14 team league and I obviously waited on quarterback here. So that's the right thing. Like, I like going into the season with him, but I would want somebody else because I think there's some upside there, but I think the bottom could fall out as well. And because he runs so much and he has a bit of a slight frame, you do worry about injury as well with him. So last year, once he took over as a starting quarterback, their wide receivers bottomed out. They could not have been less relevant right. week to week. Part of the reason why Michael Crabtree was cut. John Brown did not re-sign. I know that Buffalo gave him a good contract, but still, there was really no momentum towards him returning to Baltimore from what we could tell. So I don't think we have to go through each Baltimore wide receiver and say, here's where this guy stacks up. I think most realistically, Matthew, maybe one pass catcher amongst the wideouts in Baltimore really emerges, right? I mean, I can't imagine two or three of them becoming fantasy relevant. I think the names of note are Hollywood Brown, their first-round pick out of Oklahoma, who is dealing with a foot or has dealt with a foot issue coming into the NFL. Willie Sneed, who still sort of, I mean, he was His at name least, is he Willie not Sneed. totally there, evaporated, right? Sneed. And then Miles Boykin, third round pick yeah. out of Notre Dame, a big play potential, certainly a big fast guy. Uh, speed is certainly the key in this Baltimore receiving group. Is any of them, any of them worth a draft pick? In a standard 10-team league, probably not. Mm, yeah. uh, in a deeper league, yeah. In dynasty leagues, yeah. Like So I have Marquise Brown on a couple of deeper league teams, and I have Miles Boykin on one, and I like both guys quite a bit. Um, look, Marquise Brown was a first-round pick for a reason, right? I mean, they're, sure. Yeah. And, and again, if we buy that we think the Ravens' offense is going to open it up this year, which I do. So I buy that. I think they're going to be a very interesting offense. We've Again, to your point, we've heard from beat reporters on the ground, including our own Jameson Hensley, who does a great job covering the team. Um, you know, John Harbaugh himself has said, like, he believes the offense is going to revolutionize football. And so whether he's correct or not, the fact that he's saying that and thinks that means they're probably not just running the ball 25, 40 times a game, you know, something like that, right? I mean, they're going to try to open things up at least sure. somewhat. And so Marquise Brown, very talented player, appears to be fully healthy. I think he's got the best shot at leading this team in target. A little while ago, you said that you made you made a point that, you know, Cam Newton's completion percentage was atrocious, and yet he still has been fantasy relevant Correct. throughout the entirety of his career. And I'm not trying to poke the bear here, but at the apex of Cam Newton, that 50-touchdown season, the part of the reason why he was so good was the deep ball. Ted Ginn was incredible. I think that Ted Ginn can sort of be the, the role model, not about like in life and character, but just in terms of football role sure. model for Marquise Brown. If he becomes fantasy relevant this season, it might be because, hey, you've got somebody who has 40 catches 
for 700 yards or 650 yeah. yards this season with six touchdowns. That might be best case scenario. Not Mike Clay, but projections wise, might be a good scenario there. I think for so Hollywood too. He's Brown. an interesting guy for best ball. Yeah, I will I say agree that. on that. A lot well. of talent, very explosive. Yes, and by the way, when I went out to the NFLPA rookie premiere, Miles Boykin, just for whatever it's worth, one of my favorite interviews. Just a really, I thought, uh, incredibly thoughtful. Uh, and bright young man in terms of how he approaches the game. And this doesn't mean anything. I've Again, I've interviewed players that I really liked, and they've done nothing in the NFL. I've interviewed players that I thought, like, that guy's a moron. And then those players have gone out and just completely balled out. So, I mean, it just it's not always indicative, but I just – but there have been a lot of times where I've interviewed somebody, been very impressed with them in terms of uh, sort of their, their thoughtfulness, their approach to the game, and, and how they see football. And then, not surprisingly, they have – had a lot of success in the NFL. Miles Boykin was one of my favorite interviews that I've done uh, in the last couple of years. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate to the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. One more time for the people in the back. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So maybe an interesting year this year for the Baltimore backfield. You just talked about how uh, John Harbaugh made mention of potentially revolutionizing football. I think that probably where they end up is just running the football a lot. Not just for the quarterback. <laughs> is that, is that but revolutionizing because they, they set it back a hundred yes. years? So Mark Ingram was signed to a four year contract worth sixteen million dollars this offseason. Pretty good money for him. In twelve games last year, remember he was suspended for the first four games of the season, hundred and thirty eight carries for six hundred and forty five yards, seven total touchdowns. You have him ranked as RB24. I've got him ranked as RB25. His ADP is RB21. We've got some smart people in fantasy, including our friend Roto Pat, Pat Doherty from uh, Roto World, who has noted, like, is it really that, like, are we that low on Mark Ingram? It's a run-heavy offense. He is the starter here. Like, are you, but, so, in a lot of ways, it suggests maybe he can be a massive workhorse here, Matthew. But I have some concerns. What might some of your concerns be if you have them for Ingram this season? The concerns are that we're misjudging the volume here. I mean, again, because the volume last year was insane. Again, we go back to weeks 11 through 17. Once it became the Lamar Jackson show, Ravens third in running back carries per game, first in running back rush yards per game, first in yards per carry. They made Gus Edwards a thing. Uh, and so now that's they a good go, thing though. That know, sounds yeah, good for Mark Ingram. Is, exactly. So my point is, but that's the big argument for Mark Ingram, right? Is just this insane volume that we expect him to get. But can he hold up? Remember, only twice last year did he have more than 13 carries in a game. Over his final six games of last year, he averaged under 10 carries per game. He's 29 years old. And you're a little worried about if this offense is a little bit too predictable. In 2018, Mark Ingram had a 1.78 yards per carry average with eight or men, men, eight or more men in the box. That was 38th out of 42 qualified court, uh, running backs. 
I mean, he just he struggled against a loaded box, right? Not, I mean, that's a that's a lot of numbers to tell you something that's sort of instinctive. Like, there's not a lot of wiggle to Mark Ingram, right? And so, so you're counting on insane volume. But if you go with the idea that we're saying that, hey, we think their offense changes somewhat, and they open it up and they start throwing a lot more, then that's a concern. And Mark Ingram, we've had it, we've seen him have some success in the passing game in his NFL career, but not always. They have some other pieces in there, including Justice Hill. We'll get to him in a second here. Gus Edwards is still there as well. And so if he doesn't get the insane volume that we think he does, if he's not involved in the passing game, then it's a little, you know, he's there's there's some concern there. And that's why I'm at running back 24, just outside my top 20, because I don't know that he gets as much volume as some people are expecting. I don't think he's involved in the passing game here. I think there's some risk of injury. I think there's other mouths to feed. I think I see it exactly the same way. Don't think he's a massive part of the passing game this year. He's a capable pass catcher. This is maybe like way too simple. But like if you told me this offseason that a player was signed to be the clear-cut running back and you were giving me all the options that were available, either to sign or to draft reasonably high in the draft. I'm not talking about a fifth-round pick that emerges as a starter. But like of all the options, guys available in free agency plus the guys that went to, let's say, the first 60 picks of the NFL draft. I don't know that Mark Ingram was the guy that really got me fired up, right? Mm-hmm. Like a solid player, but maybe not a spectacular player, which is why I kind of have a ceiling on his ability this season. So Mark Ingram on ESPN.com is currently going at pick 51. It's top of the sixth round. Okay. So just to give you not a... Not egregious. Uh, right. Not egregious, but just to give you a comparison of who else is going around him, right, in terms of what you're giving up by drafting Mark Ingram. Uh, so Damian Williams is going at 47. Pick 47, like three or four spots. I prefer Damian Williams significantly more. Going after Mark Ingram. Here's the next four running backs going after Mark Ingram on ESPN.com. Marlon Mack. Changed a little bit, but yes, I still prefer him. Right. Uh, James White. Prefer him as well. 100%. Sony Michelle. Prefer him as well. 100%. Like, Sony Michelle's going way too late here. David Montgomery going in the seventh round. Give me David Montgomery over Mark Ingram. Yep, I agree on all that. How about other running backs, though, in this Baltimore backfield? Gus Edwards in the mix and Justice Hill also in the mix. That's a player I think I'm interested in. Yeah, I mean, I know, and you've been talking up Justice Hill a little bit. I think I, I agree sleeper, with you. Sleeper, sleeper. 100%. Definitely round sleeper. pick at Oklahoma State. If the theme of this offense is speed, one yep. player in the backfield has it. It's Justice Hill. The guy is lightning fast. Oklahoma State, effective there, had great production there. A lot of guys who play in the Big 12 have a ton of production. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that, but... Um, the word on Justice Hill is that, like, doesn't need much space. No. It's not going to break a bunch of tackles, but if he gets that little crevice of space, it could be a bunch of house calls, which I think that spacing and speed are kind of the tenets of a successful offense as the way that Baltimore envisions it. So I'm just. Especially with a mobile quarterback, for, to your point, ran a 4 4 40 at the combine here, 5'10, 198 pounds. There is. There's some get up and go. Yeah, with, there uh, is. And I, I think they like him there in Baltimore. So this is a late round flyer, not a player that I'm saying is a must draft in all ten team no. leagues, but an interesting name to keep in mind. Also, the tight ends. And here. by the way, if you look at sort of his, he he's had an impressive preseason. He has. He's got some wow moments to him, yep. which I know there are a lot of players that are going to have some wow moments in preseason that never amount to anything. But I've had my eye on Justice Hill even since before. The preseason. I will say, if you are trying to handcuff Mark Ingram, I still think it would be Gus Edwards. Like, I think if Mark Ingram were to be hurt, to your point, first crack at it would go to Gus Edwards. Yeah, Justice yeah. Hill is not like an every down guy. He but by is, the way, Gus Edwards has like zero pass. There's a massive 
like ceiling. There's a clear there's a clear ceiling on him is what I would say. Yes, sir. Tight end was seemingly the sweet spot for Lamar Jackson last year. Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, a lot of buzz this preseason. Matthew Mark Andrews, who has been one of the best players in the Ravens training camp. However, there are some warning signs here on getting too excited about Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean, I think the the argument for him is once Lamar Jackson took over last year. Mark Andrews sixth in receiving yards among all tight ends, right? He yep. uh, and and the Ravens overall for the season last year ranked sixth in tight end targets. So it's part of that offense. But to your point, even in those seven starts, even when Mark Andrews was sixth in receiving yards among all tight ends and getting a decent amount of target share from Lamar Jackson, at the end of the day, in those starts, he was still tight end twenty one on a per game basis. Mark Andrew was right. So tight end 16 overall tight end 21 on a per game basis here. Uh, Hayden Hurst was banged up a lot last year. I know they like Hayden Hurst. a lot. Love Hayden Hurst. Yeah. I like Hayden Hurst too, but I do as well. And and, go ahead. I was going to say Mike Clay and Adam Levitan and kind of tag team to sort of not drop the mic here on Mark Andrews, but really further this point six days ago. So this does not factor in the third preseason game, but Mike Clay uh, tweeted uh, Mark Andrews never exceeded running a route on more than 55% of Baltimore's pass plays in a single game last season. He averaged 3.1 targets per game. Beware of limited volume in this offense. So even when they were throwing the football, Mark Andrews wasn't even necessarily running around. Yep. Adam wisely responded, everyone blindly assumes it will change this year. So far in preseason, this was the first two preseason games, Mark Andrews has been in on 12 of 37 first-team snaps. Nick Boyle, their blocking tight end, 26 Hayden Hurst, the other pass catching tight end, 14. So, like, you're talking about a low volume or a, a low efficiency passing offense and yep. a sort of like a co starting backup tight end. Yeah. Or backup a, tight end. A, However, it's a call that, tight right? end by committee. It's yeah, a it really is in Baltimore. So, yeah. like the player and see some upside, but not getting too crazy here with Mark Andrews. The, uh, there are people that will absolutely reach for Mark Andrews in your draft, and he's gotten a decent amount of buzz. I much prefer Jack Doyle, who we talked about earlier, and Darren Waller, currently going as tight end 21 and 22 on ESPN.com. Give me both those guys over Mark Andrews uh, this season. So, yeah, I am uh, I don't get the Mark Andrews love the way some other people uh, do. I, I sort of see the argument, but I'm just I'm a little nervous uh, about him. Again, I am a tight end 17. Uh, but, yes. Definitely follow Adam Levitan on Twitter. Uh, does a great job. Time now for a quick break before we talk about the Cincinnati Football Club. Vegas has the Bengals winning six games this season. It's been a tough, tough couple of years for Cincinnati. You finally made a coaching change. This offseason, Zach Taylor is in. Marvin Lewis is out. Andy Alton. So quarterback's still here, Matthew. They are not going to extend him. Basically, it is winning time for Andy Dalton. Or else he won't be there in Cincinnati next season. Uh in eleven games last year, he are you had surprised 20... about that? Uh yes, very surprised. I am uh, as yes well. and no. Yes, because of the fact that the Bengals are incredibly loyal to the soil. They keep players they drafted, and they almost always extend guys one year out. No, because Andy Dalton's not very good. As an NFL quarterback, I know he's had some bright fantasy he's moments. He's had some bright fantasy moments. I think that you know locking in Andy Doyle, Andy, Andy, Dalton. Andy Dalton is. I think there it's, it's it's putting a ceiling on what you can be as a franchise. Yeah, I mean, it's, they've we've seen it through the Bengals themselves, right? Yeah, I mean we'll see. 
he just he given how quarterback starved the NFL is, like Andy Dalton. I don't know. Like they've gotten to a number of playoffs with Andy Dalton as a quarterback. He hasn't won, and like I I think it's the start of a rebuild right now. Yeah, this is year one of a rebuild of Cincinnati. Part of the reason why I think it will be amazing. I mean, I know they would not like this, but if AJ Green were expendable via a trade, I would love to see a team pounce on that. So let's get into Dalton. Um, Not a player that either one of us has particularly much confidence in this year for fantasy football. Not draftable this year, I'm assuming. Yes. So Andy Dalton pass on him. Listen, he was. there's a lot of red flags. Uh, offense is poor. Uh, talent is poor. Yeah, red flag. Red flags. That's right. Yeah, and Dalton, flags. we can probably pass on in terms of his overall quarterback value this year. But AJ Green is where things get interesting. AJ Green, as we know, is going to miss a couple of games to begin this season. That's at least the current timetable as he recovers from an ankle injury suffered in practice right at the outset of training camp. You've got him at wide receiver 25. I've got him at wide receiver 22. His ADP is wide receiver 26. Of course, that factors in the possibility of him missing. Let's call it two games. Right now, we think it's going to be two games. Matthew, though, when he returns, what are your expectations for A.J. Green once he is back to full full health? I think he, look, I think he's still a talented player who's going to command a, a massive target share. I've sort of come around on, on A.J. Green, similar to what you were talking about here with Lamar Jackson, which is, you know, early on he was he was on the hate list and I was, I was talking him down, and then he gets hurt. And his ADP is and one of the reasons why I was – he, I was down on him coming into the year and why he was on the hate list is because of the injuries, right? He's missed at least six games two of the last three years. It's been, um, you know, it's been, uh, it's not a lot of seasons recently where he's played all 16 games. And so the, the, you know, he's turned 31. And so that's all concern. And yet now his ADP has dropped so far to wide receiver 26, currently going, I believe, in the sixth round field. Yep. And so like the sixth round for a guy who, Last year, when he was healthy, was wide receiver eight in total points. Right, he had a Massive. target share of twenty seven percent when I he mean, was playing last year, which right. is huge. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins led the NFL at thirty three. So yeah, if he I had mean, played a full season, he's probably a top five or six guy in terms of target share. One of the best deep threats in football. And yeah. Daniel has a question. Yeah, we just and with the ADPs, the way that they constantly change, he's currently going seventieth overall, which is actually eighth round. Wow. So you're That'd saying that round. he's yeah. like. Sixth round is a much better, like you're comfortable with him in that well, range. Well, I think what happens a lot seven, yeah. is I've found more and more that people are injury averse in drafting. Yeah. I just think that's the case is that let somebody else be the person that takes AJ Green. So I think that his ADP will continue to slide. But um, if you think about it, right? So if you think about it, sixth round, you've gotten, you've done five picks by then. Did that matter? No, eighth? but I'm just even saying, oh, okay. of Daniel saying, if you want to even say sixth round, if you want to reach for him a little bit, um, by the sixth round, you've got five picks. So you, in, in theory, you might have two running backs, two wide receivers, and someone else. Maybe a flex running back, maybe a tight end there, um, maybe another wide receiver. So it, potentially in the sixth round, he's your fourth, third or fourth wide receiver. Right. Um, and he's not even your starting flex if you ended up going with a third running back there in the fifth. So, uh, to get AJ Green, you know, for, even if it's, even if he only plays half the season, but to get eight games out of AJ Green in the sixth round, all day, every day. Like so, I've come around on AJ Green. I think the, I think the price has dropped so far that he's actually now become a bargain as opposed to a bust. Well, I agree on that. We actually have Tyler Boyd. Both of us do ranked ahead of AJ Green. Now, of course, a lot of that is because one of them's healthy, one of them is not. That's right. He's wide receiver twenty in my ranks. Wide receiver twenty two in your ranks. Wide receiver twenty seven in terms of ADP. Now, let me be the first to say earlier I kind of poo pooed Andy Dalton's value this year, but I also will say this. Yeah. 
I have watched enough of the Bengals this preseason to be very encouraged by the innovative feel to it led by Zach Taylor. This is not nearly the same offense as it was last year. There's a lot of good things happening there systematically and schematically that I think will eventually lead to somebody having fantasy success in this offense. I just don't know it would be this year because the talent may not be where it needs to be. But I'm encouraged by that, and I think that Tyler Boyd has a chance to be a benefactor of all of these changes. We expect the volume to be pretty solid, Matthew. We talked about this when A.J. Green got hurt earlier on in the year. Just because A.J. Green is out, don't necessarily expect that, hey, Tyler Boyd's going to assume that 27% target share. It might be closer to 20 or so percent. Yeah, I agree with that. But but here's the thing on Tyler Boyd. But again, not all target shares created equal, right? So sure. if it's if it's a better offense, if you're saying that they're going to scheme guys open, you know, and it's it's more inventive, it's 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 more creative. Remember weeks two through fifteen last year, this guy was the eleventh best wide receiver in fantasy. Yeah, quietly successful. You know, um, he had just one drop in 107 targets, and so and, and you know a lot of point of like so Lou Riddick talks about this all the time. In terms of sponsorship, sure. in terms of you know, and I talk about this as well that it's a, I think a very underrated aspect of fantasy analysis, which is the politics of a locker room and and sort of the hierarchy of the the non football stuff. And so you know, we talk about this like last year, people were questioning why I had Saquon Barkley top four overall as a rookie behind. <laughs> what are you thinking? Well, I mean, because people, you, it's easy to say that out, but a I year know, ago, know, people I know, were like, I know. I know. Yep. rookie running back, they're going to be awful. Offensive lines awful. Blah 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 blah. And I'm like sponsorship it's the same thing that lou and i would talk about like the giants need saquon to work they need to make him work so do you feel the Bengals need they just had a big to, deal yeah i mean it was it was an investment i don't think it was major money it was an investment uh for a wide receiver they, or, they would like him to be a good player no question they would, but that. it was yeah. wouldn't you argue that it was a bigger it was a bigger i'll put it this way and maybe you disagree you follow this stuff much more closely than i do wearing your nfl insider hat but I thought it was a much bigger deal than I expected for a guy that really only had one year of production. I I I I think I'm somewhere in between. Like I I think it was a nice contract. I think there was more meat on the bone if he had played out one more year that he could have really profited next offseason on the open market. Is what I would say. Understood, but again, just I feel like the Bengals, especially knowing that AJ Green at 31 years old as a as to your point, if this is really a a true rebuild in Cincinnati. AJ Green, whether it's via trade or retirement or whatever, he's not that much longer for this team. Maybe, maybe it's this season, maybe it's next season, maybe it's a couple seasons, but whatever. Tyler Boyd is part of the future in a way that AJ Green is not. And so I think they need Tyler Boyd to work. Would be great to see him work. And I am, again, as I said, I am encouraged not just by Tyler Boyd as the player, but I do believe this offense will be a lot more enjoyable to watch. It won't put you to sleep. Like it did last year, Daniel. Ain't, isn't that right? That is right. Field, that's a great question oh, now that we're there. When was the last time you really slept great? Watching the Bengals last year. That's fair. Yeah. True. Isn't it strange that we'll try just about anything to sleep better, putting it's on crazy. Bengals replays, for example, when it actually could be time for a new mattress? If you aren't getting the quality sleep you deserve, you should check out the Sleep Number Bed. Right now at Sleep Number Stores, it's the biggest sale of the year. All beds are on sale, and queen mattresses start at only eight ninety nine. Wish your mattress could be firmer or softer? That's what the Sleep Number bed is famous for. You can adjust each side so that it's just right for both of you. How about the bed that also keeps you asleep? The Sleep Number 360 smart bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts so you're effortlessly comfortable all night long. Will you love it? Just ask J.D. Power. 
Sleep Number has been ranked number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses. For 2018 award information, visit jdpower.com. Come in during the biggest sale of the year, and for a limited time, save 50% on a Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed. You'll only find Sleep Number at one of their 575 Sleep Number stores nationwide. How many? 575, Matthew Berry. That's a lot. Find the one nearest you at sleepnumber.com slash FFF. Could we get a mattress in here? Be great. Be awesome. You want I a would, mattress in here? Oh, yeah, my I God. Mean, I would totally during the show. Be amazing. Be so fantastic. I could, lie on, I could lie on the sleep mattress bed with like just a – like so I'm down and like just a microphone there. Yeah. That would be perfect. And if you I could, could have – podcast if I was lying down. That'd be, that would be ideal. Oh, sleep God. number should also sponsor the sleepers piece that I don't like to write every year. How about that? Oh. that we should we, – I'll work on making that happen, Phil. We Someone can make reach out to our ad, this ad sales group. Because right. I, I can sleep anywhere. Uh when uh, you know we were away for this uh, wedding yeah. this weekend overseas, not really overseas, overseas, but was, yeah, was yeah, in yeah. a different country. So the wedding was at a resort, and so uh, I brought the wife with me. Um, Your wife with you? I brought not my wife, wife with me. My wife, my yeah. wife. I brought my wife. I brought Stefania's wife with me. Stefania was there as well. Very nice. Yeah. Stefania was at the wedding as well, of course, and she ended up spending more time with Stefania than me. Um, but anyway, we got a couple's massage. Beth and I did, and uh, Beth was horrified. You tell me the etiquette on this. Beth was horrified because apparently I fell asleep during the couple's massage. Like, I was so relaxed, and I just, apparently I started snoring a little bit. There's nothing wrong with that at I was all. Just, Beth was just saying, Beth was like, she was like, oh, it's so horrified. I'm like, why? Uh, to me, it's a compliment. They did they such, such a great a job. job. Exactly. I was so relaxed. I was just like, you know, just I was out. It was like an 80-minute massage. That's a long time. That's to a like, long time. It's a long time to be awake. 80 minutes. Whew. Nice. There was part of a facial. You got a facial part of it. You, you got are a looking glowful today. Thank That's you a very word. Much. Yeah, you glow great. up. Yeah, we had a great time. All right, Joe Mixon so, and the Bengals mm. running backs are something to discuss here. Mixon was outstanding last year. He led the AFC in rushing yards in 14 games. He had 1,168 rushing yards. He had nine total touchdowns. Running back seven for you, Matthew. Running back ten for me. ADP is running back nine. Really sort of a breakout year last year for Joe Mixon. Can it continue to grow this season? I think so. Obviously, the offensive line is a concern. Yeah, it's for one of the worst in football. Yeah, it's it's a, right there with Houston as one of the biggest question marks in the NFL. Yeah, so there, that's, Arizona. that is a concern here. But volume is not, right? Guy averaged 20 touches per game last year. That was the sixth highest rate in the NFL, right? He's caught over 82% of his targets as a pro. He's really good. He's a true three-down back as well, right? Uh, among, uh, Thirsty Kyle found this among the 30 running backs that have at least 75 targets, uh, as a, during the stretch when Mixon was a pro. Among the 30 running backs that have at least 75 targets over Joe Mixon's pro career, his catch rate is fourth best in the NFL. And so, you know, he just gets a massive amount of volume, uh, over 66% of the Bengals carries. That's the fourth highest rate. Um, uh, in the NFL, and so just I think volume and the and his passing game usage is what keeps him at a very high floor, and also just the eye test. Like yeah. Joe Mixon, I think is insanely talented. I mean, coming out of college, the questions about Joe were entirely off the field. No one questioned his talent. No question. I mean, listen, certainly a, a despicable incident took place off the field. He has. Uh, so far, been a solid citizen for the Bengals and certainly seems to be um, making news for all the right reasons during his Cincinnati career. Uh, again, both of us like him as a top 10 play this year. I'm seeing a lot of people drafting him in the first round, and I'm not saying that's necessarily the craziest thing in the world given how few good running backs there are. How, how few good 
bell cow running backs that you know Especially that without injury, questions right now, right? Yes. No injury, without no injury, contract no issue. Injury, right? No contract issues, not holding out. He hasn't done anything dumb off the field. Sure. You know, to your point, like, yeah, I mean, there's no forgiving what he did in college. But we were talking about him purely as a fantasy football asset. And so from that uh, perspective, guy is, uh, you know, I, guy is, I think, a legit first-rounder this year. The, the top backup here is Giovanni Bernard. Um, has been there for a long time in Cincinnati. Very reliable player. We think he is the clear-cut handcuff if Joe Mixon gets hurt or is enough Travion Williams buzz this offseason out of Texas A&M, one of your I former love, Aggies. Yes, I mean, I love Travion Williams. Actually, uh, I just picked him up in a dynasty league. Nice. You know? So um, you and I have a dynasty league draft on Thursday night. Thursday night, that's right. Yep. Thursday night, me and you and Secret Squirrel and Thirsty Kyle. Are you in that league, Thirsty Kyle? Yep, I am. How did you weasel your way into that yeah, league? You know, I, I'm around and they needed an extra body. That's what you are, an extra body. So Thirsty Kyle's in that league. Um, I, I believe Stefania and, uh, is Mike Clay in that league as well? Daniel's the commissioner. Mike Clay is in that league as well as Scott Clark. Uh, All biz. Yep. DJ Gallo, who is the writer of our, uh, the fantasy show on Yeah, Plus. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, DJ's couple other, very funny. Yeah, a couple other people from the, Peyton uh, the Manning show. after his cameo. Peyton Manning's and, in yep. the league. I yeah. believe that's right. I right. believe that's right. Yep. So, um, Sweet. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got a, we got a good so, group. So, we still think though that Giovanni Bernard over Travion Williams, a player that we do like, maybe has some dynasty stash value. Uh, last. But I would, I, to me, to answer your question directly, I believe that if something were to happen to Mixon, I think it would be Bernard. Yeah, I'd say so as well. Um, I think I think that's that's probably where I'd lean. Now, it may not be a you know assumes the no, role no, entirely, no, no, no. but I do believe that Giovanni Bernard would get the first crack at the job if something happens to Joe Mixon. Last player here for the Bengals is Tyler Eifert, who's back right now. He is healthy. Matthew, just is there just too many risks? Have you seen it too many times where he starts the season and then does not finish the season that you say to yourself, eh, "Yeah, I'm good." Yeah, I mean, listen. If you want to take a flyer, I mean, it's just how many titans do you want to carry? You can't go into the season with just him as your tight end. Right. Right? But um I have seen, and I think we, we figured this out, that it was Evan Silva, our friend Evan Silva, um, who does a great job, uh, who tweeted out the the theory of, like, why not draft Eifert and Plus Chris Jordan Herndon? Reed. Oh, Herndon. That's what it's it Chris Herndon, yep. because Herndon's suspended for the first four games, and you hope that Eifert can last four games, and then you sort of have, like, a, you know, uh, a, an upside Super tight end. special. Yeah. But, yeah, for me, it's just too much. Too many injuries and just it's you know it's really tough. I think if you're going to draft a oft injured but talented tight end late, I prefer Jordan Reed to Tyler Eifert. With you on that, okay, Daniel. Time now for a crappy promo. It's New York Times best-selling author Matthew Berry with another self-serving, self-indulgent, all about me promo. Rotopass.com, baby. Listen, you are drafting this week. You are drafting next week. What do you need? You need Rotopass.com. It is the ultimate fantasy football resource. Not only do you get a subscription to ESPN Plus, so you can watch the fantasy show, you can read stuff from Field, Stefania, and Mike Clay, and the whole gang there. But in addition to that, you get uh, you get access to a bunch of great sites as well. Many great sites, one low price. It is uh, you get customized ranks or auction values. You get draft software. You get alerts. Uh, you get great content, scouting, X's and O's. You get video. Honestly, everything you could possibly need to dominate your draft and your league. And then about 10 other things. Like great tools that help you out throughout the season to tell you, oh, they, that you can import your league settings and say like, oh, here's a guy that you should pick up. Here are the guys you could trade. Like so many tools that, that help you win that just make it easy for you. And if you use the promo code CHAPIN, C-H-A-P-I-N, promo code CHAPIN gets you 10% off 
Go to rotopass.com. And by the way, if you're even if, if you're if you're somebody who's just like, you know what, I don't want to spend on it, why not sign up for our newsletter? We do a free newsletter every single day. You can sign up for that at rotopass.com slash newsletter and get uh fantasy news and info delivered to your uh email box every single day. Free. Get, you know, news updates and everything like that. It's a great newsletter. Yeah, a great very that. useful. That much is for sure. Okay, Daniel, I want to pass it over to you for some show league updates. What do you got for us? All right, so if you want to send in your submission, you go to fantasyfocuspodcast at gmail.com. If for some reason you have been promised a spot in this league, you need to send in that submission. So, yeah, ASAP. I'll just say this right now. So there was a, I did that show out in Vegas, and uh, there was a young woman that came out. Uh, she came out to both the Friday night event and the Saturday night event. Um, and she was talking about how she's been in the league. She's been a listener for a long, long time. And she was like referencing Nate and the whole thing. So she's been a listener for a ton of, ton of years. And she's tried to, uh, enter in the league every single year. And so I promised her a spot, but here's what I said to her is I said, you need, cause she sent me an email like literally Friday night. And I said, no, no, don't send me an email Friday night. Like I have a gabillion emails. When we call for entries, send me an email and I will get you in. So if she is listening and she knows exactly who she is. If she is listening, this is the time for you to send in your email and we will get you in. But regardless of whether she manages to do that or not, we still have open spots, Secret Squirrel. We do. We have four open spots left to fill. We'll see if we get any of them filled today. Does that include her or no? In theory, that would include her spot being filled. So if she doesn't, then we've got a fifth. Okay, cool. So we'll see where we're at. All right. This one comes from uh, Marisa V., on October 12th, I am taking Kyle's <laughs> V-card. Congratulations. I think that's enough for me to get into the show league. That's from Marisa. That is, of Yikes. course, can I spoil the, that is, of course, Kyle's soon-to-be wife. Yes. Yeah. Um, she wants in. Is that right, Kyle? Sure. I think Daniel made up that question, but she'd be happy to play. Okay. She's not taking, you're a, okay. No, the hey, V-card I, notwithstanding. V-card. Like, I, I have a play? question yes. about that. Because Kyle and Maurice have been together for, I believe, seven and a half years. Going on 13. 13, 13 you yes. say. More <laughs> than like, like that's longer than like a doctor needs to yeah. get to become an actual doctor. Yeah. So it was very funny, but that's not an actual that's entry. That's not an actual okay. entry. No, Aww. I'm just making yeah. fun of Kyle. Early congratulations yeah. to you, Kyle. Thank yes, you. Yes, congratulations to you, Appreciate Kyle. Appreciate that. You All right. And, you and Marisa. This Most question Marisa. comes from Amelie. This email, sorry. Hello, everyone. My name is Amelie. I hope this isn't too late. On top of having no hustle, I'm just now developing moving limbs and getting Wi-Fi connection in here is rather tricky. Oh, I I guess I should mention that I'm a baby girl to be of the two of the biggest fans and longtime downloaders of the show. But since I'm now developing ears, I started to listen for myself. And even though I don't know what fantasy football is, I'm very interested in an opportunity to play in a league with the real star of the show, Star Fanya Bell. Together with my multi-time champion mommy, our team will be unstoppable. No one will be able to defeat us. And she spelled it D-E-Dash. Yeah, I get it. No, I got that. I think I got my dad's sense of humor. Sorry. Plus, if you give me a chance to be the first ever show league to be born team manager, my mommy agrees to give me a middle name fit for a champion, Bell. In honor of our favorite fantasy football and injury analyst, spelling of the name is negotiable and a photocopy of the birth certificate will be sent as proof when I am born. Thank you for your consideration. Sincerely, you are boondoggler in training. Amelie and her mom, Tracy. All right, so, so if I understand this correctly, Tracy is offering to basically make this child's middle name Bell. B-E-L-L-E. In honor of Stefania. Could have gone with Barry or Yates, but 
Yeah, see, it feels like you should have read this on a day that when Stefania's here. Okay, well, I understand that. I wanted you to be able to weigh in on this because I, I felt like you would have fun with this one. Yeah, I also I, appreciated I, the fact that when Daniel read this soon-to-be-born girl's name, you read it like the person who delivers the words at the spelling bee, like not like Amelie, but like Amelie. Right. Amelie. Is it use like, it in a use sentence. It in a sentence. Is it a noun? Are there any homonyms for that? Right. Um, it's just an option. We can. Well, I can wait, and we can do this with Stefania being here. I just when Stefania's here, you're not going to be here, Matthew Barry. I think this is a maybe. Okay, it's a maybe. Do we have any more? Do so you have one more submission to consider right now, Daniel? I have another submission to consider. Yep, we can do this one. This one comes from Chris. Hello to my beer drinking fantasy footballers and Stefania. Yep, I'm commissioned for my friends leagues that have been going on for over ten years. Also a huge craft beer geek like Field. However, I've taken it to the next level. I've been homebrewing for the past several years. Wow. Nice. Each year I brew up a couple different beers for our league to enjoy while we draft. Nice. This year I've made three very important and very tasty brews. Below are the descriptions. First one is called Field of Hops. In honor of Field, of course, this is a juicy IPA brewed with a citra and Mm. mosaic hops with an ABV of 6.8%. Yum. Second one is Maddie Full of Berries, a fruity and crispy Bearliner Weiss. Is that how you say it? I don't know. Close enough, yeah. This was aged on blueberries, strawberries, and cranberries, the weakest of all the alcohol content at 4.2%. And then Stefania has a, this one is the crowd pleaser. It's just called the Stefania. A crushable yet juicy blonde ale that's brewed with Galaxy and Ella Hops, 4.4% alcohol. This brew is cursed as the previous winner has to drink the trophy, which is filled with this year's yearly blonde. For the past four years, the trophy drinker has gone from worst, first, excuse me, from first to worst. Pictures of all of them were included in the email. Thank you for consideration, Chris, the home brewer. I'm biased. I say he's in. It's, I mean, I love. So first of all, I have zero interest in brewing my own beer. There's so yeah. much good beer out there that's made by professionals that I have zero interest in even trying to replicate their success. But I'm appreciative of the effort here. Your thoughts? You were less convinced. Yeah, I mean, you want to try the beer. I first like the idea you... that he makes it, and then the league drinks the yeah, beer cool. that he's yeah, I like, made. I like the, the idea. It's definitely like sort of hashtag fantasy life that he makes the beer and they all drink it, and it's a tradition. Like, so I love that piece of it. I candidly, I didn't think the descriptions were all that funny. I could be honest with well, you. I thought like, they were accurate, like you know the berry, like you know the yeah. fact that you got a very berry one that I, I love a New England IPA. And yep, Stefania, you the blonde ale, like you're the you are good. the craft beer drinker of the O six O and O. You are Mister IPA, so it is entirely up to you. I leave this one to you. This would not be a yes for me, but I'm not going to veto it either. I'm leaving it to you. So if it is a yes for you, then he can be in. You it's know, entirely up to you. I sort of. I never. I don't fast pass anybody into the league. I never have the ability to exert my authority. There's never anybody that's kind of my guy in the fantasy league. You know, Matthew fast passes like half the league a year. Daniel sure. led in a crappy band yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Stefania gets her. You know, picking a litter every once in a while. I'm in on Chris. Chris, my craft beer drinking Chris? buddy. Craft beer. Well, by the way, we picked this homebrew. Uh, welcome to the to the list. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Craft brew, Chris. Show, you know, so the show, craft welcome brew, Chris. To the, yeah, craft yeah. brew, Chris, and it's the show league. Welcome okay. to the show league. All right, uh, craft brew, Chris. Welcome, welcome to the, the show league. league. Put it on the board. All right, let's let's bring this podcast home with a. Do we have time <laughs> for a social question or no? Yeah, we've got two social questions. They're going to be real fast. Okay. Ralph yeah. wants to know: Am I crazy to like Michael Gallup at his price of wide receiver forty three? 
more than Amari Cooper at his price of wide receiver 11. No, I mean, listen, it's possible that Michael Gallup yields much better return than other players being drafted around wide receiver 43. Like, you know, is could he be the best player ranked from like 38 to 48? Of course, but like... One of them has a chance to be the pillar of your championship lineup. And by the way, I mean, Gallup has had a very impressive preseason as well. I think if there wasn't all the Zeke slash Tony Pollard talk, I think Completely people would be talking agree. more about Michael Gallup and what he's doing. Talented young player, like him a lot. Another guy that I have in a, uh, in, in, in that dynasty league. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and Mari Cooper, even when Amari Cooper is rolling, Still has some inconsistency issues for him. So wide receiver 11 where Amari Cooper's going, and he's going right around like, you know, when you think about like he's going ahead of Adam Thielen or Julian Edelman or Brandon Cooks, right, you know, like four spots behind, four picks behind Keenan Allen. Both are going middle to late third round. So, yes, is there a chance that uh Michael Gallup, you know, outperforms his ADP or is you prefer him at wide receiver 43 where there's no risk to wide receiver 11 where you're passing on some studs? Certainly, you're not crazy. You are not crazy, Ralph, to like Gallup at his price more than Cooper. That okay. was the question. Garcia wants to know what are your thoughts on price enforcing in for sorry price enforcing doing an auction. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it unless it's at a at a place where I need because what happens often is is that when you price enforce, explain like, what price enforcing is okay, for so listeners that don't know. Price enforcing is is that so the idea is is that I'm making it up, but let's say a player is worth thirty bucks, right? A running back is worth. 30 bucks by your sheet. And he's sitting there going, he's like at 11, 12. The, you know, I'm, I'm making it up. Let, let's pretend somehow some projections have LaShawn McCoy and that wouldn't be the case, but like Derrick Henry at, th- at 30 bucks, right? 30 bucks for Derrick Henry. And so, or, or 35. And so people are sitting there going like 15, 16. It's like later in the auction and, um, a lot of money is out. And so he's just, so price enforcing would be like 28. Like, cause you have it's 35 on your sheet. So you're like 28. You want to make sure you get that price up, right? That you, that somebody's not getting a massive bargain. The problem is, is that like, like I don't like Derrick Henry this year. And, and so what happens is sometimes you, you, you price enforce and then you get stuck with that player, right? Because everyone's just like, all right, well, I'm out. What happens when people price enforce is that they assume that the people bidding on him at a low price are going to jump up to, uh, uh, you know, make them in a big way, right? Right. And so, um, uh, and are going to jump up and, and, uh, try to, uh, buy them for, uh, that price. So I'm not a huge fan of price enforcing. Like there's going to be bargains in an auction. There always is. There's going to be undervalued players. Now, if you happen to like Derrick Henry or you're okay with him at that price, go for it. But too often I see people price enforcing just for the sake of price enforcing. And then you get stuck with, a team that isn't what you wanted, you get stuck spending money you didn't have or that you didn't budget, and so worry less about other people's teams during an auction and worry about your own. That's what price enforcing really is, is you're starting to worry about other people's teams. I totally disagree with you because I, okay. think, it's a, I think it's a strategy. And you ha- obviously, you should not put in a bid unless you are willing to roster that That's player at that amount. But it is totally a strategy of, you know what, if I get Derrick Henry for $15 rather than 13 I will be happy with it. But that's it. not price enforcing. That's just bidding him up. I'm saying price enforcing is on Derrick Henry. If we're saying Derrick Henry, I'm making up auction numbers off the top of my head, right? Because we don't know how, you know, how many teams or how many. Just, just, yeah. But, but if if Derrick Henry is 35 bucks and you price enforcing is saying 30, not 15. 
And if you make that decision, then if you get him for 30, then you made that. Like, that is a strategy, and you have to be fully on board with getting yes, him at that but, price. Uh, but I would argue that that's saying, I want Derrick Henry, and I'm just trying to get him below value. Price enforcing is when you don't actually care about the player. You don't want the player. You just don't want somebody else to get him for cheap. Yeah. A debate that will roll on in eternity. We are back on Wednesday. A couple more teams in double trouble. To be honest with you, I don't know who we have not yet previewed in double trouble. We will get to them tomorrow. In the meantime, follow Matthew Barry TMR on all forms of social media, except for the Fantasy Life app. He's just Matthew Barry. We'll yep. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace out. You're in the 06010. Never gonna hustle in case you didn't know. Matthew Barry TMR. You, 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 you guys go ahead. Give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me because I don't think you could. Jail Bayfield Yates. You, you're, you're, you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at Field Yates. At Field Yates. Stephania your Bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret Squirrel Daniel Dye. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fantasy advice. You're older than people. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowners insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, the chocolate lab? And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowners insurance.